Hello and welcome to Reach the Masses podcast, a show about two friends who talk about the pop culture that they love. I'm Travis. And I'm Heather. In today's episode, we will continue on uh, our, uh, where we left off, talking about Doctor Who. Uh, we will also continue to discuss the series American Gods Episode 3. And then we will also, at there's time allowed, we will start a new segment of a game called Would You Rather... Uh, no sponsor in this one. Uh, just thought it'd be something fun to do and discuss between us uh, to kind of get a, more of a feel for our personalities. So starting off, we will discuss the show Doctor Who. So Doctor Who, what is Doctor Who? It the is best a, show on earth. It is the best show on earth. Uh, Heather is the one who introduced me to this show. It only took, what, two years? She practically begged me several times to please watch the show, please watch the show, because you were in the middle of the 10th Doctor's run, almost the 11th Doctor. Yeah, right at the end with, of 10's run. When I started to watch it, because I had to do a lot of binge watching to catch up, and thankfully it was on Netflix, and I could... But to kind of give a general description of what Doctor Who is, which is no small feat in doing so. <laughs> well, first, it's a show in from the BBC. It is now over 50 years running. They did take a break in, right before the 90s. Yeah. They ran from 63 until right at 88, 89, I believe. Yeah, and they did a, a TV movie. Which was kind of an American TV movie, but it's still considered in canon. Yes, they did. They did bring it into the canon. That Doctor was considered part of the Doctors. Um, then we went and did a full reboot. Well, not a reboot, but they did. A, they rebrought the series back. It wasn't yeah. a reboot, but they brought the series back. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. <clears throat> so, what is Doctor Who? What in the Who? Time travel. It's based, Space travel. It's based on a alien named the Doctor, who is his race is called the Time Lords. Um, basically, they have time travel capability. They go. He steals what is called a ship that can travel through time and space, called the TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. And that's what TARDIS stands for. It is life, as the Doctor says in a later episode. He goes on, basically he steals this from his people and then the show picks up after he has stolen it. The first season starts as he is a very old man uh, and he has his granddaughter and Susan, Susan, and then they pick up some travelers along the way, some school teachers, Cole Hill school. And in the first couple seasons is that, and it was very popular in the BBC. And it actually started out as a children's program. And it's still children about science. It still is kind of rated for children, even though some of the episodes are crazy, scary, and 
you wouldn't think that it would be for children, but it's still technically listed for children. Yeah. Uh, uh. Then uh, the actor, the first doctor, as it were, was Will Hart- Hartnell. William Hartnell, yes. William Hartnell, um, he was getting up, and when he was re- when he was ready to step down, they didn't want to just put another actor in and say that it was that same doctor. So they came up with a very clever thing, which is why it's kept its uh, longevity as much as it has. They've came up with the idea of regeneration that the doctor, this race of time lords, when they get injured or they could become too old. They regenerate, and once they regenerate, they become a whole new person with new personality. But they retain all the memories that they previously had. It's just it's like a brand new lease on life, and that's how they brought in the second Doctor, and so on and so forth. We are currently on our twelfth Doctor. There Technically, is, the thirteenth. I was going to get to that. Thank you. There, <laughs> but as far as the Doctors are concerned, he is the twelfth. Yes. Now there is considered in between. The eighth and ninth doctor, there is a considered a war doctor, and this is a not considered a doctor. And I guess before we get started, I I know I get into this and I do a lot of spoilers, and then I say, oh yeah, by the way, spoilers. <laughs> so I need to work on that. So again, with all of our podcasts, everything that we discuss will be spoiler related. So if you don't want to be spoiled on Doctor Who, stop listening. Go on to American Gods <laughs> if you've watched it, and if you've not watched American Gods yet go on to the end where we just talk about random stuff. <laughs> um, but hopefully you've already watched all this or you're interested in it. There is a, there is a considered a war doctor. He's not a doctor in the sense of wanting to help people. He was there because there was a great war, a time war between the doctor as race, the time Lords and another race called the Daleks, uh, which is a, a mutated race that want to destroy everything and everyone that isn't a Dalek. Yes, they don't they don't want to rule anything. They just want to exterminate it. Exterminate. Yes, that is their favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically the doctor is he goes through history of the earth. He goes back and forth in time through the future of the earth, the history of the earth, the past of the earth, meeting famous people that you may know and from history, he also goes to other planets and other races, and it's anything and everything that you can think of sci-fi. The whole universe is his playground in the yeah, sense. Uh, the universe and time. Everything, can, and he, and the way he grounds it is through his, what they, they term the coin companions, and that's, like I said, the first Doctor had the school teachers, and then as they go on, he gets new companions throughout each regeneration they redo the companions and that's kind of us, the audience, because that's how they figure out how to do certain things with explaining who's that, what's that? Because there's every so often there's a new companion and the doctor has to go back and kind of explain I'm a time Lord and this is why I'm a time Lord. And this is why I do, this is the TARDIS and this is what we do. So in a lot of ways you could basically pick up at any season and and, and know what's going on because it's going to be explained. And they've just recently done that because sometimes the companion will change with the doctor like he'll keep a companion basically uh, between doctors and right now on the 12th doctor he just lost a companion and they've just started a new companion this season so this would be an actually a good jumping off point absolutely to if you just want to jump in where they're at right now this season would be a good way to just start it 
Um, we have not watched all of the older episodes. We have watched every episode since the 2005 remake. Not remake. It's a soft reboot, I guess. Yeah. Would be the best way. Kept of all the history, but it, they updated kept, it. They updated it for a modern era, and they started with a new doctor. So, with all that being said, it's a great show that's very witty and clever. The doctor is this person who goes and saves people, but he doesn't just throw punches or he's not this superhero type figure that goes above and beyond and has these amazing powers. He Right, he doesn't carry a weapon. He has what's called a sonic screwdriver, which is a screwdriver and it's sonic. <laughs> Um, and it can usually get him out of most jams. It doesn't Unless work it's on wood. Doesn't work on wood. <laughs> he uses his mind basically, and he outthinks his opponents. He outwits them. He a, a good sidebar right here though. Uh, he's he's called the Doctor. That's not necessarily his title. That's that's pretty well his name because no one except for one character on the show knows his name. Well, the Time Lords do. Well, yeah, but I mean, you see them like twice right. especially in the modern era and they're kind of assholes so the, well yes i guess that would be we can lead into that the, when the new series started in 2005 uh the doctor is the last time lord that stays throughout most of the new series seasons that he is the last one and then as the series progress you find out why he's the last time lord and what happened especially in that first season with the ninth doctor it starts with the ninth doctor in 2005 yes and as you progress you learn more and more about why he's the last time lord uh, and that's actually if we had to recommend if you don't want to watch the older ones back in the 60s and on a good point to jump on is 2005 because it's kind of refreshes everything they don't even tell you a lot of the history you kind of learn it as you go uh, there's a lot of characters and stuff that you that people who probably watched the old show were like huge Easter eggs, and then as the series goes on, you learn it as they do, and then you rewatch it and like, oh, that was that character, or yeah. that was a Dalek, you know, and what all that means is fleshed out as the series progresses. But since 2005, there has been the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and the twelfth Doctor, and like we said before, there is a War Doctor. So I guess we could rank what is your favorite, who's your favorite doctor? Well, everybody has their doctor. And if you are already in the Doctor Who fandom, you, you know that you have your doctor. And it's typically the doctor that you first watch. Yeah. Um, For however, me, that was 10. Now, that was the first doctor you watched. Yes. You started with 10. And I then you went back 10. and watched 9. Nine. Now, see, I started with 9 because you. I finally gave in and... <laughs> And said, fine, I will watch it on Netflix. And I started with nine and I went through. But ten is my favorite as well. But I started with nine. But I enjoy. I, I like the tenth Doctor, which was portrayed by David Tennant. Uh, he's the my favorite Doctor. Because he's the best Doctor. Why is he the best Doctor? What because makes him David, the best? Because he's David Tennant. Because he's David Tennant. <laughs> it's, he's the favorite because he's the favorite. He, he does all the running. He does all the running. Um, he's the. He has the coolest hair. He wears the coolest shoes. <laughs> what does the wardrobe consist of for the tenth Doctor? Uh, a long, billowing brown coat, and depending on which season you are, either a pinstriped brown Italian cut suit, 
or a blue uh, suit, which he typically wore red converse with the blue suit. But with the uh, Italian cut brown suit, he wore white chucks, which were David Tennant's own chucks that he brought to set that he has worn since God was a baby, I guess. <laughs> so that's why we, and he had some of the best lines, some of the you know, best speeches. He was a, the, I guess to start off, the ninth doctor was really re- recovering from the time war, the time war. Though you don't really know that at the time. You it's don't hinted the, at. Yeah. You don't know the full impact of that until, uh, what, 2013? The 50th anniversary is where they really yeah. dive into it. Yeah. You don't know much about the Time War other than he lost everybody he's ever loved up until from 2005 to 2013. You don't really know. That's well, all you know. That he's lost everyone. And that there are no more Time Lords. He's the last. But you don't know the full Extinct. gravity of that until the 50th anniversary special. I think, and I think the 10th Doctor became the most popular with he made it more global yeah that's whenever it really started to explode was david Tennant's doctor and i think most of the polls that are out about favorite doctors and they ask the people to vote david Tennant is usually number one uh probably the fourth doctor is usually up there Mm -hmm. um because he's the more and he's the one that i recognize because i used to play it on bb uh not pb uh pbs yeah as a kid, and he was the doctor that had the long scarf. Yes. He was the fourth doctor. And the cool hat. Uh, Tom Baker was the fourth doctor, and he was the most recognizable of the Doctor Who's from uh, the earlier... The classic series. The classic series. And then David Tennant is probably then the, the second favorite, or usually the favorite, depending on the poll and how long it's been. I think the last one I saw was David Tennant was still number one. Um, and then Baker was second or third because mm-hmm. then the 11th doctor came and he became very popular as well. I mean, that's, you know, the 11th doctor kind of he took that o- took the audience that the 10 had started to, and then kind of Ex- ran with yeah, it. Yeah. He, he brought in a lot of the fan girls too, because he was a younger guy. He was what, 25, 26. When he, he was started. the youngest doctor. Yeah. The youngest actor to play the, to play the yeah. doctor. Um, but David Tennant did as well. There was there's plenty of fangirls who oh, were absolutely. David Tennant because of the hair and yeah. The, I've just I've heard people talk like random folks and they're like, oh yeah, you don't have to watch any of the others. Just watch Matt Smith's. And it's like, no, no, no. You're not a fan of Doctor Who. You're just a fan of Matt Smith, which is fine. That's yes, fine. If, if, if again, yes, if you but, love Doctor Who just because of Matt Smith, more power to you. Enjoy those three yeah. seasons. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> and I, the other thing that I love about Doctor Who is it just it builds on itself. Mm-hmm. And then and the drop of a hat, a, it's a new Doctor, and they just start over. And if you sit down and you think about all the plot holes and all the time. <laughs> it will you, drive you mad. Because of what happens. Because the ninth Doctor and the tenth Doctor were had the same showrunner. And they all the stories all fed together. And then... When the showrunner left, they all kind of culminated into a an ending that kind of tied up all the 
the the loose knots and yes it wasn't completely satisfying as far as if you really think about the plot holes there's probably some that you can drive a truck through but it ended it nicely i mean it's a show about time travel there's that's gonna happen there's gonna be time paradoxes and you know yes you saved the universe this time but then you did it again two weeks later so (laughs) how does that possible Um, how do you not run into yourself so many times i mean there's tons of those questions I think if you just turn off your brain on that part and then think it's a very clever show and it's really well written, if you can turn off that part of it and just enjoy everything else, it's you will enjoy this show. And then the 11th Doctor comes, and that's what I mean. Like, 10th Doctor had all these wonderful adventures, and then the 11th Doctor comes, and it kind of starts from scratch uh, because good. they have a new showrunner, Stephen Moffat, who was on... The, the earlier seasons who has he was a writer he right? was a writer and there's a lot of the favorite my favorite episodes from nine and ten's runs are Moffat's episodes are his episodes yes and then he kind of takes it from a and he, again if you want to talk about plot holes he filled it full yes but some of the best some of the best lines some of the best speeches the doctor does is under Moffat uh, under his writing and under the writers that he has. Now he's getting ready to wrap up this season is his last. There's going to be a new showrunner and there's going to be a new doctor. There's going to be the 13th doctor, uh, which is supposed to be an impossibility considering that we have a war doctor. Right. But they, the way the backup each time Lord only has so many regenerations. Yeah. He can only regenerate. David had to, he can only regenerate. 12 times so there should only be 13 and if you count the war doctor and then and then 10 tens however what they did was the way they got around that was on matt smith's final episode there was a crack which in time where the time lords were from the 50th anniversary the time lords and the time war the what you find out in the 50th anniversary is the doctor saves the time lords he puts them in a like a side universe and then Matt Smith's final episode is the Time Lords trying to come back, and then there's this big war to prevent that from happening because the Time Lords want to know if it's safe to come back. So they ask the question. The question that they've aired from the beginning of time is Doctor Doctor Who. Who. They wanted him to say his real name because then they would know it was him, and then they would know it was safe to come out. But what happens is the Doctor won't say it because he doesn't want to start the Time War again and have it all start over again with the Daleks and all of it. So he's refusing to say it. So it's a standoff between the doctor and them uh, and all of his enemies that he's ever faced. Which Matt Smith does a few times in his episodes in his run. He faces many of his enemies enemies all at once. (laughs) Yes. Even in the first, is it the first season? The Pandoricum? The Pandorica opens. The Pandorica opens. That's the, that's the, his first season. Yeah. Which is the technically the fifth, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it, because David Tennant did all those movies. Yeah, cause we don't consider those season. movies. David Tennant did three full seasons, and then he did three movies. He did the Christmas special, the Easter special. No, there's four: the Waters of Mars, and then oh, the, that yeah. planet one where he the finds out. The Waters of Mars, the one I always block out because it's so traumatic. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the other thing is that there are some villains and stuff that is very scary that will stay with you and there are some themes and other uh, characterizations and emotions that will resonate in you and that will stick with you throughout the life of the, the 
the show. Who who is your favorite villain? My favorite villain? Yeah. Well, I had um, a villain that was introduced with the new who, new who, <laughs> the Weeping Angels. Oh, okay. And then I also put as the other one was the Master, which mm-hmm. is also a Time Lord that is basically the opposite of the Doctor. And he was like, they were childhood pals. Right. We were talking about the Eleventh Doctor, though. Who yeah. did you have for your villain, though? Who did your... Oh, uh, my favorite villain, just because they're so damn scary, and you never know where they are. Well, kinda. you do. But you uh, the Bastion Errata. Oh, okay. They were only in two episodes. Yeah. But they left a... A lasting... But see, I thought you were going to say the silence. No. Because you never know where they're at because they... Yeah. When, the silence is, a, is some aliens that when you see them, you Once can... Once you look away. You forget all about them. And so you can see them and interact and be scared. But as soon as you take your eyes off of them, you forgot all about them. Yeah. Which is a whole nother... You know. <laughs> but... Back to your villain. The Vashtan Arata. They were in the, the silence in the library. And they they eat meat. And you can't see them. And apparently they're in every planet. Yes. And they live in the trees. And, well, they they don't eat meat, right? Yes, they do. They eat meat, but they're... That's how they got to the library was because they were in the trees. And the library is full of books. books because with paper. It's, it's a planet that is a library. Right. That's how they came to the planet. Yes, they were they were transported in through the paper. Yes, and then there were so clean many a chicken leg in point five uh, seconds. And that was the thing was that there, in a single planet, there's not that many of them per se, and you never notice them because you know like roadkill, and you think it's just decomposing or something. Like. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff within the feed, but when you get to a whole planet full of them, mm-hmm. then there's so many of them, then they become a threat. Right. And to this day, you can still quote things from certain, from a Whovian is what the fan base is called. If you do certain quotes, they will freak out like, hey, who turned off the lights? Yeah. That's one. And are you my mommy? Yeah. That you was like, that's stupid. But no, if you've watched the episodes. You know. You're petrified right now and saying, stop it. Yes. And don't blink. And, and, and of course, you know, are you my mommy? Who turned off the lights? Also introduced the wonderful Captain Jack Harkness yes. and River Song, who are two separate characters. Right. But are you my mommy who didn't introduce River, did it? No. Episode? No, but Silence in the Library did with the Bastion Arata. Oh, okay, yes. That introduced River, yes. yes. Okay, and then the other one, are you my mommy, introduced Captain Jack, yes. And I think we also wanted to make a list of companions, favorite companions, and we didn't include them. No, but they, they are... Perfect in their own ways and important sometimes more than the companions for some reasons, for different reasons during the story arcs of the show. So the let's River is considered the doctor's wife. Yes. She's the only one who knows his name. And Mary. And they get, they're, they're married. But their timelines. That's what's that's sad. That's the fun part. Fun and, okay. <laughs> See, Doctor fun Who. Fun is in a very depressing and horrible way. See? Who's Doctor Who. I say sad, you say fun. <laughs> um, yeah, their timelines, they meet. When the Doctor meets River is the day she dies. dies. And then from then, each time they see each other, 
he knows her a little bit more and, and she, she knows, knows him, him a little less yes. because it's going back in her time. And then at the end, it gets a little wonky because she sees him out of order because right before she meets him in the library, she meets the 12th doctor and, and they're they pretty much on 25 years. They're pretty much on the same level at that mm -hmm. point. I mean, he knows everything about her. She knows everything about him. Yeah. But then when she meet her, the last time she meets him though, is the, you know, cause she has that line. I live for the days that I see him. Um, and she's in jail for a lot of the time, but she kind of runs. If we sit here and try jail. to explain, <laughs> if we try to do like we normally do and explain all the seasons and stuff, that's like 40 podcasts <laughs> for the ninth, for, for just the ninth. For doctor. just River Song. If, yeah, for even for just, just River Song. But she's very important to the doctor, his wife. She goes, there's some audio books where she interacts with the eighth doctor. She, okay, a fun thing about her too is she is also the daughter of two of his companions who are married or who over the course of their run get married from the 11th. She meets the, and, and she knows them, but we don't know that she knows them. We find out later that she knows them. Yes. Yeah, so but a very, she has to pretend that she doesn't know them. Time travel. It's fun. Cause there's this very f weird meme. And if you watch the show, it's like, it's, they're on that beach and it's oh, like and your she's... wife is watching your wife kill your husband while, while standing while with your mother was pregnant with, with your wife. wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, it I, may get a little confusing if we're talking, if about you it. want, if you're talking about the overall story, as you watch it, it makes more sense. Absolutely. I mean, we're doing a very poor job at the moment. So but yeah, we're anybody trying... trying to explain river song. Yeah. is going to do a, a fairly poor job just because that's a hard thing, a hard story to nail down. And she's a woman that will challenge the doctor. She's really challenges him. And like I said, she meets the first time the doctor, and I don't know how it works in the audio because I haven't read it, but she ha interacts with the eighth doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the eighth doctor knows she's river or if you know how that works. But as far as the show TV show is considered, the uh, the 10th doctor is the first one who meets river because like we said that's when she dies is when and then she interacts with the 11th doctor the most yes and then the 12th doctor she has one adventure with the 12th doctor which is hilarious mm. um but there's so many repeat themes and jokes throughout the life of it to make you it, it references itself self. which is kind of fantastic one of the biggest things is the tardis it's bigger on the inside because on the outside it has a chameleon circuit. So what that means is that whenever it lands, whatever time period it's supposed to blend in with the environment. <laughs> However, it breaks when he goes to 1963 and it becomes a police phone box. And those were things that they had in Britain where if you needed to call the police because cell phones didn't exist and really even pay phones, it was a phone line directly to get the police in yeah, Britain. There was no like nine 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 or nine one one. Right. So you could just call, on the telephone box. And, they and you even, could put, the, like, if there was an offender, you could, could put, put the offender in, in, in the, the telephone box, box right. in the police call box. So it's not that big. It's just a little box. And what happens is that the chameleon circuit breaks. Quote, I'm doing air quotes. Sorry. <laughs> in the podcast world, it does. Quote, unquote, breaks. It does break, but I don't think the doctor will ever fix it because he likes the police box. Yes. And when you open it up, there's this huge ship inside of it. And it... Um, it's almost endless in, in it's the, massive. Way, it's, it, it the way it's portrayed. And 
and that's what the running joke is, is that whenever there's a companion or someone new to the Doctor Who universe and they go inside, there's a catch-22 where it's like there's this huge room and then they go out and they walk around and they run. it's bigger on the inside. Yes. And that's what, and then they play around with that, yeah. even with different companions. Sometimes it's it's smaller on, on the outside. outside. Yeah. Or it looks like a kitchen. And then that that was one of the first ones where it looks like a kitchen, but she doesn't say it. The one we're referring to is the latest companion. Bill. She says it's so big, like a spaceship. And the doctor is like, the doctor wants her to say spaceship. And she says, like a kitchen. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then when she finally does notice when it, it finally dawns on her that it's a ship and it's bigger on the inside, she says, it's bigger on the inside. And then the doctor and this other companion, I guess we don't want it. He's a companion, Nordal, Nor- yeah, Norval. Norval. Norval or Nordal? I- Let's find out. Okay. Well, there's another companion with him that kind of knows the doctor, and they do this congratulations, like, oh, she finally got there. Congratulations. <laughs> that was a great moment. I love that. Got there fa- longer than it took, or something to that effect. So, we were talking about the 11th Doctor at some point, but there are so many fun episodes. Just to kind of give you a few of mine while uh, Heather is looking this up. There are The Doctor Dances is one of my favorite episodes with the Ninth Doctor, and that's where, written by Stephen Moffat, and I think that's one of your favorite quotes from the Ninth Doctor is at the end where, I think you mentioned in the last podcast where he's, everyone lives. Everyone lives. Just this one time. Uh, Some of my other favorite episodes and moments. uh, The Tenth Doctor, one of my favorite episodes, it's one of the first ones with him is The Girl in the Fireplace. Very, oh. very well written. There's humor, yes. and then there's just it hits you in the gut at the end. The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit is one of my two favorite episodes. Oh, yeah, I really love the Satan Pit. Like that whole speech Tennant does is is really good. At the end, where he's talking to Satan, quote unquote quote, Satan, Satan. Yeah, that could be Satan. Uh, then the one that really gets Heather that she watches. This is what got me. Um, I was over at her house. And she just had it on, and I watched. No, actually, it was the other one, but this one was on, too, at one point. But what got me was Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Yes. Every time. Every time. And that is actually the ninth Doctor starts with Rose, the companion named Rose. And it bleeds over. She went the ninth Doctor, only has one season, and then he regenerates into the tenth Doctor, and Rose stays with the Tenth Doctor for a season, and then she leaves. But that's her send-off, is those two episodes, Army of Ghost and Doomsday. And Heather has got a really weird look on her face, trying to look up how you say this. Um, that name. really weird look will have to wait till we're not recording. <laughs> okay, one of those I'm sending off the podcast I'm sending it discussions. to you at the moment. Right at this moment. <laughs> okay. So, but that was Rose's, that was Rose's send off. And then it immediately starts with another companion that we find out will be companion later. Did, did You mentioned that she was trapped in an alternate universe, right? No. Rose is trapped in an alternate universe. <laughs> Casually, she's trapped in an alternate But it ends with a gut punch with her leaving the show. Very sad. That's where you really see the doctor. him be very close and i guess that's where 
the doctor, a lot of people, the companion has never really been a romantic with the companion. It's just been someone that helps him. Rose was like really one of the first ones that had like a romantic, will they, won't they yeah. kind and of relationship. Yeah, he even says Rose, I... Rose Tyler, I... And then he fades away. Because she does get trapped in an alternate universe. Um, so there's no way to get her back. Sort of. She comes back. <laughs> she comes back later. She comes back later. But then they introduce a very short... They start doing a Christmas episode. And usually the Christmas episodes are usually a one-off that are really good. Mm-hmm. But they do the Runaway Bride, which introduces you to Donna Noble. Donna Noble. She comes back in the third season as a regular companion, but they introduce you in The Runaway Bride. And then they introduce you to Martha Jones. And how do you say it? Nardle. 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 Okay. I don't know. I, I speak American. I speak American. America. We get introduced to the next companion, which is Martha, who's a doctor. Uh, Where is she on your list of... Companions. As far as companions go, I have Donna, Noble, Rose, Amy and Rory, Clara, and then Martha. Martha is the last. And the only reason why, she has a lot of great moments mm-hmm. in the show. She was just around for one season, though. She was here, she was one season companion, but so was Donna. Yeah. Donna Noble was one season, but. But they were BFFs. They like, were best Martha friends. Martha was. And, and that's where I was getting at, was that. Yeah. Where they had the will they won't they from the Rose from issue, Rose Tyler, the yeah. Rose Tyler Doctor, the tenth Doctor Martha is in love with the Doctor, and it's kind of evident that she loves him, and he doesn't love her because he's actually almost like heartbroken over losing Rose, mm-hmm. and they go on fun adventures and there's a lot of great moments, but and, there's, and, and her it gets bogged continues, down. Yeah, her character continues in uh, spinoffs like Torchwood and. Uh, she comes back later in some episodes. So, after Martha is when, like I said, we bring back Donna Noble. And kind of the Tenth Doctor says it. He's like, I just, after everything that's been going on, I just want a mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, him and Donna become best friends. And like beer drinking, having fun adventures, best friends. Like, genuinely... They are genuinely best friends. And Martha leaves the show, like you said. She does come back in later episodes and then also later spinoff series. So she continues on. Mm-hmm. Rose is in another dimension. Donna Noble is us- is really the first companion that has the heartbreak of a leave. Because her, her ending is the most tragic ending because of her character arc, her character growth. And then it, it all goes just away. goes away. And we'll leave it at that. I mean, I, we could, like I said, oh my gosh, if we talk about every companion. <laughs> and then the 10th Doctor leaves. That's the end of the third season. And it and it wraps up nicely. The third season ends mm-hmm. up, like that's what I was saying, like it wraps up nicely. There's some good conclusions to a lot of the story arcs that has happened between the 9th and 10th Doctor uh, seasons. And then they do three, four, sorry, four movies. Uh, one-off movies and David Tennant does all those. And then the last movie, the Easter special is no, the Christmas, it's the new Year's special. Yeah. Um, they did a Christmas and new year's. Mm-hmm. Um, it aired on new year's two parter. 
uh, becomes the eleventh Doctor, and then they kind of start all over again. And then some of my favorite episodes, going back to ten, I said Army Doctors, Runaway Bride. Uh, then the the one of the best episodes of Doctor Who that a lot of people say that doesn't have the Doctor that much, which mm-hmm. is introduces the Weeping Angels, is called Blink. Yes, and that was actually this with Martha um, as the companion introduces the Weeping Angels, and the Weeping Angels are these creatures who are quantum locked. Quantum locked. Quantum locked, which mean all that means is that while you're looking at them, they stay stone, but as soon as your eyes go off of them. You blink anything, they can move, and they're trying to get to you, so you have to keep your eyes on them at all times. If they touch you, it's not that bad. And they don't kill you. They don't kill you. What they do is when they touch you, they send you back in time, and they feed off of that energy that it Which causes. I think is worse, personally. Like to, I don't want to be thrown back to like 1825. Like That would be so shitty. Well, and it doesn't. They, and they don't give specifics of how far back they send you. Right. It can be any. It could be a hundred years. Time. It could be thirty years. It doesn't tell exactly. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the angel. I guess the weeping angel, like how much power they got, maybe. I'm, they never explain it, and that's another yeah. thing. Sometimes they don't explain things, and you wish that they would. But um, uh, from that episode also comes the infamous um, weebly wobbly timey wimey, which, which I texted you about this earlier. Yes. It was but that doesn't have a lot of David Tennant, the 10th Doctor. But usually people who say, show me a good Doctor Who episode, blinks a good one. A good standalone episode Absolutely, to, yeah. to get you into Doctor Who, which obviously uh, for some weird reason doesn't even have the Doctor in it. Yeah. Um, He's on tape for most of it. And then there's Silence of the, in the Library and Forest of the Dead. And that, we mentioned that earlier there, from the 10th Doctor's run. That introduces uh, River and her character and kind of establishes her the 11th doctor some of my favorite episodes with him uh vincent and the doctor is probably one of my favorite doctor another one that i cry at every time the 11th doctor vincent and the doctor is about van gogh and just it's a good episode the 11th doctor i would say 10th doctor has better episodes 11th doctor has some of the best moments, best yeah. speeches, best better lines. They're not better lines, lines, but some really. He good has lines. more of them overall. And then the twelfth Doctor. I think the I think the way it works for me, as far as with the eleventh and twelfth Doctor, mm-hmm. is the first season they're in. I'm like, eh. Yeah. The second season, I start really liking them, and then the third season, I've really enjoyed them. And, and they do- go away. And they go away. <laughs> and that's what they've done with the eleventh, and now the twelfth Doctor. And the twelfth Doctor, I liked a lot. When he came on the scene, I was very but, excited to but, find out that it was Peter Capaldi. But that first season, it's just where, it's just where they're trying to get their footing with the new Doctor. They're trying to establish new things. There's a lot of give and take on that first season, and then the second season, it's kind of like the second season with that Doctor is almost like a second season of a of show where they've established anything and they could just hit the ground running and go. And then after that, they hit their groove, and the third season is usually really good as well. Mm-hmm. So you get that feeling of that second season, like we talked about earlier, where the second season really hits each with each doctor, in a sense, unless they only have a one season, which they thought Capaldi might do just a one season, but he stuck out. Yeah, because he's which is, is not easy to do because being the doctor, playing that character requires a lot. It's not just you go in and you know you film the there's series. There's like there's world travel, there's conventions, there's. Um, 
Oh, I think other things even the filming, do. which I still don't know why it takes this long. I mean, it takes almost eight or nine months to film a season. So it's a lot of commitment yeah. on the actor just to film it. And then on top of it, all the appearances and interviews and conventions and Absolutely. <clears throat> all that stuff on top of it, it's very demanding role. And even the acting itself is very physically demanding because there's a lot of running and excitement. And the doctor is very adamant and animated to the 10th degree sometimes he's not and I think that's why I liked about Matt Smith's character was that he was yes he was the youngest doctor and he was very energetic like the 10th doctor mm -hmm. but he also played that old he could be he could be old you could, could be believe you could believe because the doctor you don't really know how old he really is they're currently saying he's currently saying he's over 2,000 years old but if you actually sit down and do the math of when he the doctor lies I guess is, yeah and so he probably doesn't even know how old he is, but he's claiming right now that he's 2,000 years old. But he, you would believe Matt Smith and David Tennant in some of those moments where he looks like he could play someone who's been well, around for and ages and has seen David all those things. Was, his doctor was 900 and some years old. And then Matt Smith's character takes over at the 900 mark and goes into 2,000 with Capaldi. But yeah. see, the thing is, is that the TARDIS... You're jumping around. You don't know how old he really is. He mm -hmm. goes back and forth through time, but not actually that much time has passed inside the TARDIS because he's jumping back and forth. Right. Well, and I mean, they're time lords. They have two hearts. They age differently. Right. Because I mean, even with Matt Smith's run, he his doctor lives for over a thousand years. Just that one regeneration, mm -hmm. because of all the things he does, and when he finally grows old, he's because he bumps it up from nine hundred all the way up to two thousand. So, I mean, he's lived over a thousand years with just one regeneration. Yeah. Now, he can go through several regenerations if he gets hurt enough to where he could, at the point of dying, then he will regenerate to save himself. Yeah. And he can't control it. And they age differently. They uh, they age a lot slower. Well, yeah. Than we do. Okay, so what we're saying is Doctor Who is amazing huge thing that we probably didn't do this half the justice that it deserves if you is it on net it's not it's not on netflix it's now. anymore it's they only took it amazon off. prime amazon prime if you have an amazon prime account please do you the justice of going and seeing it buy the dvds box sets you will it, it'll be worth it absolutely and if you already watch it watch it more you know Sound you out, want to we had asked on the previous podcast uh, give us some of your favorite moments. Please continue to do so. Give us some of your favorite moments that you've seen. There's several moments that stand out, again, that we can't do justice of all the great moments that the doctor does. We've named a few, and we this is us speeding through it, and it just took this long. Um, this was the Cliff Notes version, and it, <laughs> the Cliff Notes close. of the Cliff Notes version, yeah. I guess, would be the better way of saying it. And I hope that we gave it half the justice that it deserves because – it's a show that you need to watch. Moving on, we will go on to continue our series. We took a break from Buffy. Uh, we may bring it back in the next episode, talk about season three of Buffy. We will, we will continue on with American Gods, though, because that is a show that continues to get better almost with every episode. So American uh, Gods. Three episodes in. I'd say it gets better with every episode. So American Gods, episode three. <laughs> What have you done? Did you sell your head to Chernobyl? 
no, no, no. Give me my coin. I want your lucky coin back, make your way to my wife's grave. I want you to think snow. Dark sky, driving winds. And how's this gonna help? We're gonna rob a bank. head full of snow is what this episode was titled and the reason for that is think snow think snow you have to think snow spoilers for this episode if you've not watched it think snow is a big spoiler think snow shadow basically makes it snow by thinking snow which that becomes a big question for shadow is did i do it or not and yeah. then is this the is this real life or is this just fantasy we're going to get into Queen now. <laughs> hey, it's always a good time for Queen. <laughs> Whichever one. Did he just kill a man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he did go to prison, but not for murder. Okay. Um, no, this episode was so fantastic. It was over way too soon, in my opinion. I was And that's really not a bad it. criticism to have no, on an episode. No, I was so involved, and things were happening. And then it was just over, and I didn't understand. I've had that happen before when I've been watching an episode, and then all of a sudden I'm like, this is getting really good. And you look, and you see the time, and you're like, it's going to end soon. <laughs> so Dang you, it, you it's to going to end back, soon. You can't. Um, so start us off. How does, how does Give us the rundown of this the episode. The opening scene is an Egyptian woman in the Bronx in her kitchen. Now, is she Egyptian? She's Egyptian. Because she talks about how her household became a Muslim household. Okay. But that's where the feather and everything comes in. Okay. She. Uh, I, I understand that the gods were Egyptian, but I thought she said that her family was Muslim, and well, uh, and they told her some of the old stories. They did, yeah. And she Egypt kept it. is a Muslim country now in right. modern times, and the reason you know that this is a modern age is she, she talks about her son having a, a phone um, that's around there somewhere in her flat. But it it's also a camera, so her son says. Okay. Um, which kind of puts you in where you where we are in time. So it's been at least what when did camera phones come out? At least two thousand five ish, I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll probably have someone come in there and say it was in two thousand one, you idiot. Right. Um, but who cares? Shut up. So, not you. <laughs> not me. Shut up. The person who <laughs> the, made that, that comment person, it was yeah. another year. Anyway, yeah. Shut up. So you. it's one of my favorite kind of scenes. Okay. She's doing her thing. She's cooking. And she's standing on a stool. And you see her kind of, not loose footing, but the stool kind of jiggles a little. Which right. makes me nervous because, I, you know, having fallen before, mm-hmm. it's a little scary. She doesn't fall. She gets whatever she needs from the, the cabinet and continues cooking. But then there's a knock on the door. And it turns out that it's, I guess, death, if you want to. The Egyptian, Put it plainly. the Put Egyptian plainly version yeah. god of death, uh, and turns out she had died, and she was actually laying in the kitchen floor. And other shows and movies have done that, right? Which trick. Means it's my favorite kind of scene where it's very anti-Hitchcockian. You don't realize that they're that you're dead until you look yeah. over and there's your body. Yes, or someone points it out to you. Yeah, which was which was fun, and it had one of my favorite lines from the entire episode, which was. Uh, you know, he's consoling her and telling her that eventually, she, you know, her family's going to be happy and they're going to have children and they're going to name one of the children after her. And she's like some bullshit middle name. And he's like, yes, a bullshit middle name. What I liked about it was that 
uh, what I liked about that scene was where she she's upset because they're going to look at find her like this, and she straightens, straightens her, her apron, yes. and then she's like, she's okay with it, but then she's like, oh, it took me forever to make this, and she's like, will you taste it because they won't because they'll be so upset, yes. and he tastes it, and he's like, perfect, and he's like, my whole life for you know, and I finally reach perfection, and then I die. So that was kind of a fun, fun scene, or it was a good. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. Yeah, it and, was. It was a great scene, a great opening scene, and like she's not connected to, to Shadow or any of the other characters. And that's what the American Gods, the book and the show are doing together. Is that the book has these little vignettes or little? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a short story inside of a novel, mm-hmm, which Neil Gaiman is very good at doing. Um, and they go off of these little other gods and kind of give you, and they did that it on the. It gives you like kind of an. Uh, a, it introduces another character. It's to world you. building. Yes, it, yeah, exactly. It's world building. But it's not tied to the main story of Shadow at this point. Right. Um, getting back to Shadow, he finally meets the youngest sister. From the last episode where he was playing checkers and he lost, and then there are three sisters and one of them was asleep. And mm-hmm. then he goes up and meets her. Um, up on the roof. On a... Oh, what's it called? The fire escape. The fire escape, thank you. Yes. He goes up on a fire escape and meets her. She's looking at a telescope. And then she gives him some... She reveals who the sisters are and what their purpose was. And still kind of is. Which also kind of cements shadow even more into this kind of surreal and mythological world World. because he's still being introduced to this Mm -hmm. and i know as somebody who's read the book and listened to the book it's hard for me to see it with a blind eye Mm -hmm. because i already know what's going on Mm -hmm. so watching it it's like oh he's just discovering this and I have to remember right. that he doesn't know and what she, we know. And she gives him something, the moon. Yes. She literally goes up and picks the moon up from, and hands it to him and becomes a coin. And she says, it's not as powerful as the coin that you had because you literally had the sun. And that was the coin that he flipped into the grave of his wife, which was the sun. And, and it was also the leprechaun, Mad Sweeney's lucky coin. Which we go back on him. After is it after that? It so we is go, after that. Yeah, we go back to Mad Sweet, and he's back. He it goes back to the it, crocodile bar, yeah. and it comes out that is his lucky coin. So now everything is bad happening to around him, him. which is a good humor in the in the good part of the humor in the episode is mm-hmm. from Mad Sweeney and his adventures, and it's more adult, kind of funny because he gets picked up by a hitch. You know, he's a hitchhiker. Someone picks him up, and then that person dies horribly. Horribly, with a pipe through the face. Kind of reminded me of, of uh, Final Destination. Oh yeah, with like the I logs. Refu- I still refuse to drive behind vehicles with pipes or logs. Oh, to this day. I was going to tell you though, where uh, the thing that they were protecting that reminded me of uh, a part in the Magicians, the book series, mm-hmm. not the TV show. In the books, they can turn themselves into different creatures and stuff. Like if they wanted to be fox, they could turn into foxes, mm-hmm. you know. And they have the mind. If they're of a, ugly, can they make themselves pretty? There's they they I mean, they, they address they address that, and they they can't. Um, <laughs> oh well, shit. Yeah, there's magic, but it comes with the price. <laughs> Sorry to get off of Marion Guards, but there's a scene. But they become 
kind of like they adopt the the brain and the behavior and the mannerisms of that animal. So it's not mm-hmm. like I'm a talking dog now. It's like they become you know, the dog kind of in the if behaviors. If they look like the, a dog, they are a dog. dog yes. They look like but a the, dog there's a scene where they're they're whales. They're humpback whales, and they're in the ocean, and they're talking about their and they. And they never bring it back up again, but it was really cool. They're mentioning like their songs are keeping something at bay at the bottom of the ocean. Like all the whales, uh-huh. or humpback whales, like their songs is a kind of magic. And their oh. songs are keeping something like at, at bay at the bottom of the ocean. And they never that's, go into it anymore. But it's just a, beautiful. It's really good. And then it's like, oh, we're killing all the whales. <laughs> and that leads me back to a deep cut of Star Trek for the voyage home where they saved the humpback whales from an alien. Or even Doctor Who with the space whale. This is, there's a space whale in Doctor Who. We come back <laughs> to the original part. Yes. See, there's everything can be tied back to Doctor Who. Especially if it's us. But that was just a really good part in one of the books, which I think is the third book. The third one. The third book. This is book. a series that I plan to read. I have it on my list. It's just a three-book series. It's in the third book, and it's really... I just love that scene, and it kind of almost reminded me of um, Cthulhu. Yes. How do you say it? Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Um, It kind of reminded me of that, like there's something slumbering underneath, Mm -hmm. and the whales are keeping it at bay with their songs. So, with all that being said, sorry, back to American Gods. Right. Went on a tangent. Let's see. Go ahead. Oh, we have one of the most intimate sex scenes I have ever seen between two people of any gender. So we go back to another vignette. Yes. Or a short story of another god or deity of some sort. Um, he's a djinn. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't grant wishes. He does not grant wishes except for this particular taxi rider fella. Fella. Fella, Yeah. It's it's important to note that this show, much like humanity should be, does not discriminate when it comes to um, sexuality, gender, or color of skin. And the sex scene between these two men, one of whom has flaming eyes, like his eyes are literally flaming, is just... Insert joke here for... <laughs> yeah. If you want to be a little homophobic, then insert flaming homo joke. But uh, absolutely, that that sex scene, I was just glued to the screen because, and it becomes a cosmic love scene, mm-hmm. which fascinated me. And I watched it twice, the cosmic part anyway, because I was I wasn't quite sure how they were going to do that mm-hmm. because. Which I, you know, I read the book and I didn't know how far they were going to take it because. Right. I know it's stars and they do stuff, but you know, sometimes shows back away from that kind of stuff and they could still have done it and not shown that much. Yeah. And you would have gotten the gist of it, but they didn't, they really went for it. Which is nice. It's nice to have equal footing and, um, given being given equal time. And I mean, I knew it was coming because I read the books. And again, I was sitting there. Are they going to push it that far or not? And I was like, Oh, they did. Yeah. So you know, kudos. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't um, gratuitous. It was intimate, and I think that's what bothers some people. Um, some things that I've read and heard, it, they say that it was gratuitous. But I mean, the two previous episodes, you had a woman literally eating people with her vagina. 
So that's fine. You know, <laughs> if that's okay, then why is this intimacy between two men not okay? I don't know. I can't see it from that point of view because I thought it was beautiful and intimate and magical. But that's just me. Right. That's just you. I enjoyed the scene. I, I mean, as far as, you know, not being, I guess, quote unquote, exposed to that kind of. I mean, you never I, slept with any guys. Well, I mean, is, as far as I'm seeing hearing. that in the screen, right on on a main TV show, mm-hmm. a major TV show or movie or anything like that, you don't get that perspective. Usually, the no. guys get the heterosexual males usually get the woman on woman, and they're like, "That's fine," yeah. but you never really get as far as mainstay shows as popular as this is becoming yes. that type of intimacy between two males. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, yeah. kudos to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they are keeping that. They are keeping that true to the book and true to the story of what it what mm-hmm. what it is. So, moving from that, they go back to Shadow. They do. Uh, this is they're still in Chicago. Him and Mister Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they're going to rob a bank. They're going to do a con. Yeah. Um, which Shadow is not happy about. He, he thinks he's going to go back to jail. He just got out of prison. He does not want to go back. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Wednesday, being who he is, um, knows how to run a con and knows how to play the long game. All of that, and we left out the amazing scene between Mr. Wednesday and Cloris Leachman's character. Oh, yes, which was in the rain, intimate in, it, in and of it itself. itself. Yeah, absolutely. In the rain, and it's that scene is hinting about things that are coming down the road. About because she could see as she does fortunes, and she's the one that. Tells it as it is. No, she's the one that lies the best. Yes. That's why she makes the most money because they, she, but she sees his future and she's like, what are you doing? He said, that's just my future for today. Tomorrow it could be something else. Yeah. Um, With the tea leaves. Yes. And then they go for a walk. It was a very good scene. I wanted to bring that back up because that was a really. It was. And uh, Cloris Leachman, of course, is as usual magical. So we're back in Chicago and they're running a con. They're going to rob a bank. But they don't, it's not a shoot em up bank robbery. It's right. more of a, um, this ATM is out of order. Please leave your deposits with me. Now, see, this is where we talked about the adaptation being better than the book. And mm-hmm. see, all of this stuff happening, they go in more detail in the book. Right. Because, you know, in the book, it's on the weekend because people are dropping off the receipts the, the from deposits. the clubs that yeah. have been going all weekend and has a lot of money. So this is like on a Sunday. Because and it's later at night, too. Right? Or is it earlier in the Early day? morning. Early morning. Yeah, because it's like right after they close and the people are going to the bank to deposit it after they've closed at like 2 yeah. or 3. So okay. it's like right. 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, and people are putting in their deposit slips. Give, but since it's broken... Um, Wednesday is taking the money. He's dressed up like a security officer. And he's having them sign this book and like, you know, going through some official rigmarole. To, I guess we should go back, though. It starts off with Mr. with Wednesday telling Shadow to think, think snow. snow. Yeah. Huge snowflakes. Think of this cloud over here becoming darker and full of snow and mm-hmm. darker and fuller. And... So he does and it kind of shows this spaced out yeah, look he, and Yeah, Shadow kind of spaces out and And then Wednesday says I think that's enough we don't want to shut down the city. Of which we're skipping over that really good scene where they're talking about Jesus in the. It's oh, not a yes. Kinko's, but it's a copy shop. Um, copy shop. Copy yes. shop. Um, this 
their discussion about Jesus and all the different um, versions of Jesus also um, lends itself to, if not flat out tells you how the gods, the gods came to be in within this particular universe. And then we talked about, you may have already talked about, or is it after the bank robbery where he talks about uh, America doesn't know who it is. That's after. Okay. That's after they. So we'll so we'll yeah. so we'll keep going. So they're doing this, and Shadow is on a payphone, which when this came out in two thousand one, payphone still sense. exists. Yeah. Um, but now there's still a payphone on the street suit, corner in Chicago that he has that they put on the security cards, and this is where the book goes in more detail because Shadow is freaking out, and it says, "Here's this that when the, you know cops come." Wednesday gives them the card so they can verify with mm-hmm. the company that it's true. And he gives them this card and it has a name. And it's like, what is A? I can't remember the, you know, but yeah. the first one is an A initial. And it's like, it's Andy. It's whoever you want it to be. And while while Shadow is waiting for the, you know, as he's watching, he's coming up with this person. And he actually becomes, in some sense, that person. Yes. So when he answers the phone... He, because there's this huge story about you know he comes up with this whole backstory almost, mm-hmm. and he becomes that character. So when he's on the phone, it's like a different person. And on the screen, that takes place in all of about two seconds. Right, he's on the phone. He answers it kind of hesitantly, and then he just gets a he, wild he notion. Stride, yeah. And to ad lib and go with it, but in the book, it's more of him kind of accepting and believing, believing. that he's this person. And he becomes that person for that minute so that it's more believable to the cop. Which, in the, it leads to him questioning whether or not he is suffering from delusions. And in the show, it, it does as After well. After the robbery, because he picks up a lot of receipts, and that's how Wednesday gets his money. And in the book, and they didn't do it in the TV show, in the book, he doesn't take all of the money. He takes some of the money and mm-hmm. he mixes it around and he takes less. And, and then what they do is they go to another bank branch and then they do all the deposits for that. And he does that because it's a, he says it throws them off because there is money in the bank, but it's not what they had. So it it takes them longer to figure out what had happened right. because it is showing a deposit. But he takes out the bigger bills mm-hmm. and leaves some of them. And then he that's how he pays Shadow his first uh, week or two yeah. of his services as a bodyguard. And then they're driving, but in the show it doesn't. It, it, it kind it of implies that he just keeps all of it. Yeah, it doesn't tell you any of that. It doesn't give you any of those details. Because I think what I think what Wednesday does is he takes everyone. Because there's people that are just depositing other money, mm-hmm. and I don't think he takes theirs. Or if he does, he just takes like twenty or thirty here. He usually take. I think he takes more of it from the clubs and businesses that are mm-hmm. depositing big lump sums of money than he does from like the average person. Um, not to say that he's a saint in any regard. Uh, he's just taking his tithes. He's taking what he feels he deserves. <laughs> and then that's where they, they're in the car and they talk about. The, you know, Mr. Wednesday makes the statement that uh, this is the only country in the world that wonders what it is. And he makes the statement that he's never been out of sight of. America. Yeah, which Shadow asks him he, if he'd ever left the country, and he says no. And this also gives you more hints as to how, how things are set up yeah, in this world. Exactly. In this universe world. And and then the big reveal at the end. Yep, they go to a hotel, and you see Mad Sweeney at Laura's grave, which Shadow 
told him that's where oh, he yes. find his Before coin. Before they do the robbery of the bank, Mad Sweeney shows back shows up and he's limping. Don't know how he's limping. <laughs> maybe from the wreck, maybe even from something else. Right. And he has a confrontation with Shadow and Shadow tells him the truth that mm-hmm. he flipped it on the grave and that's where, you know, that's where it is. And so Mad Sweeney is digging up Laura's grave and you see this hole in the top of her casket. See, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he picks up the I must lid have looked he, away. He looks right through it, and that's when it's showing Shadow walking up to his room, and it's juxtaposed with Mad Sweeney digging. And then Mad Sweeney looks down, and the casket is empty, and Shadow opens the door, and it's Laura standing there, and she says, Hello, puppy. And then the episode goes off, and I was like, No! <laughs> it can't go off yet! We need I need more of this to happen right now. And it didn't. So is that your favorite episode so far? Out of the three? Uh, out of the three, probably. It's the one I've enjoyed the most. There's been a lot of scenes in the other episodes, mm-hmm. but this was I mean, the, this one was the best as far around. as juggling. Because they did two short stories, vignettes. Mm-hmm. And they added a, quite a bit with the shadow story. And yeah. I mean, it. most most of the stars and when it's on HBO and stuff, they usually run around 50 to 55 minutes. But this one ran... 59 minutes. It was right at an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even pay any attention. I, I did for that. You know, because usually on primetime networks, they're like, what now, 41, 42 for an hour? Roughly, yeah. And then some of them are like 19 and 20 now mm-hmm. for 30-minute shows, and you're getting like 10 minutes of advertisements. But usually the paid ones like Stars and HBO and even uh, Netflix, they run it up closer to the actual yeah, yeah. an hour to half hour um, they run it closer to that time frame, and this one will actually ran over than mm-hmm. what the normal one is, which is usually between fifty and fifty five minutes. And it's it still usually, wasn't long enough. And fifty nine minutes, it was still like I want more. Yeah. And now we have to wait till Sunday. The only thing that I wished American Gods was, I wish we could do everything like that and put it on Netflix because yes. Netflix releases all of them at one, one. time, yeah. and you could just binge watch it. Because if it had. Mm-hmm. We would we could still do this every week, reviewing it, but we would have already have watched it. We uh, would, absolutely. I, I, sorry, I can't come into work today because I have to binge watch this TV show. If it was thirteen episodes, there would have been thirteen straight hours of watching American <laughs> Gods. Yes, because it would have said, "Are you sure you want to?" Continue? Yes, I do. Are you still watching it? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> continue, please. I will tell you when I'm finished. And that's the only thing. I mean, as far as criticism goes, I wished it was we could binge watch it. Yes. So if you've not watched American gods and you just listened to all that, you could binge watch the first three episodes and I would envy you. Um, because getting to this week only, and that was the same thing I had with doctor who once I got caught up. Yeah. It was so hard to wait every <laughs> to wait. week. And sometimes between seasons, it's a year mm-hmm. like this last one. They waited almost a whole year and they gave us a Christmas episode and that was it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you well, have and to before wait. Before you had other movies, you had like Easter an Easter special and a Christmas special. And then you also had other kind of things they released throughout the year. So it didn't feel like you were waiting that long. Yes. It was broke up enough, but sometimes it's still a long wait yeah. for some time, you know, and especially if you've been watched like five seasons mm-hmm. and then you're back to once a week. <laughs> and then after 10 weeks or, you know, 13 weeks, you have to wait a year. Uh, it's terrible. It's horrible. We're broken. We're broken people because of it. But I highly recommend American Gods. It's only getting better. And Mm -hmm. I 
and from what I understand, they're not going to get too far in the actual book before the season's over. That's that's what Neil Gaiman himself said on so, his Tumblr. I mean, and they can expand it way beyond, and hopefully between seasons, you know, Neil's hopefully I think he's hinted that he's working on a full sequel mm-hmm. because the way the book ends, he does he does three more stories with Shadow mm-hmm. at, taking place after the events of the book. Uh, and he's included it in his short stories, and they can do that. But he's, I think he's working on a full blown sequel oh. to American Gods. I think that's what they said right before this came out that he's working on a full blown full book novel sequel to American Gods, which would be great. Yes, uh, if um, it came out between season one and season two, that would be great filler for us because I mean you could break it up even more with you know, and that would help us get through the. The, the year lull that's probably likely, most most probably likely. I mean, they're probably gearing up since it just got renewed that probably the next month or two they're probably going to start filming season two. Or at least start writing the scripts. Right. So, I mean, we still got a while and then they got to film it and we're already in May. So we're probably looking at they would, kind of like what they did now, they probably won't film it until the fall. Mm-hmm. And then with the editing and stuff, they probably won't air it until now of next year. So, I mean, you know, you're looking at another year. At least. So that so that will conclude American Gods. That concludes our discussion on American Gods for this week. Okay. So continue to watch it. Kinda wanted to end on some just some different funnies, uh interesting things. Uh, really what he wants to do is let you all hear what a big well, dork I am. And also to, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna throw in my two cents as well. Um, there's a game called Would You Rather. Now we're not sponsored by Would You Rather. This isn't any well, I mean, like, and who ever. hasn't played that from like time in memoriam and it's basically a what if scenario and who hasn't done that like would you rather eat your boogers or you know have somebody pick your asshole every day like i'd probably have somebody pick my asshole every day so i'm going to throw some questions i'll answer them too i'm not just going to throw them at heather and then just say haha i wouldn't do that (laughs) i'll give my answer as well um we went over some of these and we were talking about it and we just thought it was hilarious so let we're going to keep doing we're going to try it out see how we like it and let us know what you think We'll do one that we haven't read already. So, uh, go. Uh, okay, would go. you rather never use social media sites, apps again, or never watch another movie or TV show? Uh, I can give up social media. Gone. Done. Hashtag gone. <laughs> Hashtag Heather's done. Um, so would, I guess podcasts wouldn't, we could still do the podcast. Yeah, that's not social media. But right? we're using social media to promote it. So I would just have to do it. Right. And, and I, I would have to learn and Twitter. I can still, oh, God, I no. I can still watch all the TV shows. Yeah. I, I think we. I would agree. I wouldn't give up movies or TV shows. Uh-uh. I would give up Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Insta, Tumblr, Gram. In the, yeah. In a heartbeat. So that one wasn't too hard. Some of these are easy. Some of them are, it's kind of a hard, you know, between a rock and a hard place. Here's another one. Would you rather have an easy job working for someone else or work for yourself, but the work would be incredibly hard. Uh, I guess it depends on the pay. Absolutely. That that would be the deciding factor. Because you are a writer. Yes. And that is incredibly hard in some regards to get your name out and be a self-publisher. H.D. Russell. H.D. Russell. At H.D. Russell 82 on Twitter. You got your Twitter right. Okay. <laughs> so... That didn't pay too much yet. Hopefully the listeners but will. You guys can help with that. <laughs> you just go on Amazon and look up H.G. Russell. I think it's, I think it is, I think it's based on pay. If it's, 
easy and I get to work for someone else and I make making six grand a week, you know, driving this Miss Daisy for two hours. Like I'll do it. Now, if this turns into something, the podcast turns into something, you know, and we make a lot of money, but it's incredibly hard work. I'm totally fine with quitting my other job and (laughs) doing this as a living or, you know, anything for that matter. If it's something that pays off, that pays well Mm -hmm. enough. And then there is some things. It's not stripping or prostitution. I wouldn't be very good at either one of those. You got a bum, you got a bum shoulder. Right, and I can't dance. And it does kind of sound. We just said money is the reason why <laughs> we. It's like yeah, money, 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 money. And again, there are those people who just have. You know, if it's your passion, you'll do it, and you know we will do it. Right. But I don't. I can't give up. You know. Well, I mean, we have families. We need money. Right. It's that simple. And there are those people, and God bless them that take that leap of faith, but usually they don't have the family first right? and they've strived and they've worked hard and they've gotten what they needed. And then they include the family. Yeah. And again, that's not everybody, but yeah, we went with the depends on the money. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather be the first person to explore a planet or be the inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease? Uh, planet. I would, absolutely discover you don't want to you wouldn't want to cure like cancer or AIDS we have too many people on this planet so you you would go the introvert route of (laughs) I would do an explore totally explore planet by myself exactly that's exactly right would you rather have a horrible oh wait I'm sorry I'll answer mine I would I don't know I would like to do the disease because you'd be helping people I have like yeah, but the greater good and heck so much that comes we'll go back we'll go back to the money you know you could sell that yeah and if, be rich. You know, if you manage to survive, if Big Pharma doesn't get you. <laughs> so Black Hawk, Black Hawk choppers are landing on the, <laughs> Would you rather... <laughs> okay, would you rather have a horrible short-term memory or a horrible long-term memory? You have that right now. I was going to say, this is a non-starter for me. Like, Heather I'll, is the movie ahead. Memento. <laughs> yeah. You go ahead and answer this one. Uh... See, I don't know. That one. That one's a hard one because would you rather have a horrible short-term memory, which means you don't really – I guess it depends your definition of horrible because horrible implies that it's not like you can't form new short-term memories or long-term memories. Right, you just can't remember you know, as well. what you had for lunch yesterday. So I think I would do the short-term memories because there's a lot of stuff that made me who I am mm-hmm. in the long term. There is no right answer to these, by the way, but I think if I had better memory of – stuff that I grew up with. That's who I, that that's what influenced me and became who mm-hmm. I am. Obviously there's some things that, or maybe there's things that you've forgotten that influenced you. And maybe that's been the bigger influence. Don't get <laughs> me started. Mind blown. <laughs> I think I would just thinking about it. I would rather have my long-term memories than my short-term memories as, like as they are memories. now. Do what? It'd be nice just to have memories, just to have memories. Do you ever remember to forget? (laughs) Would you rather... Okay, we'll do two more, and then I I don't know if these are any good or not. Would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Fly. Fly? Fly. I mean, like, I'm sure if I were still a teenager, I would tote say invisible. Invisible. (laughs) Because there's not really much you could do invisible. I mean, you're invisible, but like if you coughed or if you make a sound, people was like, who's that? You know, a ghost. But if you fly, like 
you could go But would anywhere. you regret? I mean, like, I got to fly, and now I can't. Would it be more, or is it worth it, I guess would be the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would totally agree with you. I was just playing devil's advocate. I would totally pick flying, because invisibly, like, I could, didn't have to see me for a day. Right, and, and I can do that, uh, like, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get to see me for a day, which I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Would you, let's see. Would you rather be poor but help people or become incredibly rich by hurting people? I mean, what do you think my answer is going to be? I don't know. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit if you think I'm going to be poor. So if it's like... Because I'm, I'm poor gonna, right now. I'm so. going to say, so give you the scenario. I'm going to give you a million dollars. But in that sense, I'm going to break that guy's arm. To break give, his arm. So you're going to get a million dollars. Sorry about you. I would press the button. You remember that movie? Where like if you press this button, you get this money. Oh, but yes. somebody dies. Yeah. Like I would press the button. Eh. It, what was the conditions though? Was it like you would ever know the person? Or is, was there any conditions at all? I don't know. I, I didn't it's like someone you love dies if you push this button. Or someone that you, you never met. I think it's someone you never met. But I think it all somehow circles back around. But I'm not positive on that because I only ever watched the trailer. Because I thought this movie would just piss me off. Okay. I think I think that's okay. I that's, think that's, that's enough insight into our greedy little personalities. And if you're picturing us with raccoon you know, eyes and moving our hands the way raccoons do, then you are picturing us correctly. Because Excellent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see myself as greedy, but... I just answered the most greedy way on most of those. I don't know. I guess I am living the one poor and helping people. I mean, yeah, that, you, that, yeah you're already doing that. I am doing that, I'm but I don't know. Poor. I don't know if I could get to the point where I'm like, yes, I will be rich if I could hurt people. And I guess depending on the hurt too, is it an emotional scar or a physical? Scar? Like if I break that person's arm, I'll pay for their medical bill because I'm rich now right. or as opposed to I'm psychologically traumatizing them and they have PTSD that's yeah. a little bit different see see, we we put way too much thought into this we are not no that's the this. point you're supposed to have thoughts in it and talk about the different way there is no right answer so. see I play it like a 10 year old like, eat my boogers or pick my butt I don't know total ego just yeah okay. I'm all id all id okay and on yeah yeah sorry total id so, I guess we will leave you with the fact that we are very greedy and Heather wants to hurt people. <laughs> that will do it for Reach the Masses podcast for this week. I'm Travis. And I'm Heather. <laughs>